G'day community and welcome to Tradio episode 3. A lot went down today and joining me to unpack it all is Dog. How are you mate? Fantastic, fantastic. Big day for both of our clubs, Damo. Big, big day for both of our clubs. And I reckon both clubs have come out pretty well from it too. Surprisingly, and we'll talk about it in more detail I'm sure. I'm, su- I'm surprised with how it's ended for both of our teams. I think we're both reasonably happy. There's smiles on faces. Well, the Dockers have ended the day with arguably the best draft hand this year. Maybe not in terms of points, but in terms of position. Yeah, no, looking good. The only team that rivals them is next year's Gold Coast Suns. I'm getting in before everyone starts saying it. The OKC of the AFL getting every future pick humanly possible. But no... Freeman are looking very, very tasty going in this draft. What picks have they ended up with? They've got picks 6, 8, 19, 22, 61, 69, and 84. We might, I mean, this might be jumping the gun early, but are they going to the draft with these picks? Are they bringing in players? What do you think? It sounds like 6, 8, and 19 are being quarantined, as they are saying, and will not be traded at, at any cost or at any you know, at any offer, um, unless it improves their hand. And uh, 22 is what Fremantle want to give for Jordan Clark. Geelong actually had said that pick 22 would be enough and then decided that pick 19 looked a little bit better. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll talk about that. It's funny how the value of player changes depending on what the other club has, isn't it? Yeah, and... Um, I think at this point, the Dockers are pretty happy to walk away if it doesn't happen for pick 22. Well, yeah, I mean, you're going to get a a pretty decent kid at 22, even if you don't bring in a Clark. So, I mean, powers with Freeman, that one, I reckon it probably ends up getting done. Um, The Dockers acquired pick 22 by trading their their future third round selection and their pick 27, which was their original offer for Jordan Clark and... Geelong said no, um, so that's how they got that done. And then we talked about it uh, in yesterday's or the last episode of Tradio that Will Brody was heading to the Dockers. That actually has happened, and in the same deal, the Dockers have re- received that pick 19 and those two picks in the 60s. Yeah, no, lovely little piece of business. Really love this. If you n- want to know what a salary dump is, we talked about it extensively in the last episode of Tradio. But the first official... Proper professional sport level salary dump has happened, Damo. And it's happened, I mean, probably because the Gold Coast is the AFL's team and they stuffed their own salary cap and needed a way to get out of it. How do you feel about the concept of salary dumping now being allowed in the AFL? Do you think it's something we're going to see a lot of in the future? What are are your thoughts? Because this is a big step towards proper player movement in my eyes. I think it's this one is more subtle, and the AFL probably only agreed to it because of the Suns list situation. If it was a club that already had open list spots, this might have this might not have gone through. I think it certainly helps that it's the Gold Coast Suns that are involved. I, I think uh, I think we're just warming the AFL community up. I think this is going to be some a trend that continues. It's always sort of happened with clubs offering to pay parts of salaries. You know, Adam Trelaw was a salary dump. They only got a, a, what, a middling first-round pick back for him but had to pay most of his salary. It's always kind of happened, but this is the first 
you know, this is the first time a club has come out with the player and the better draft pick. In the future, we'll see even the swaps go on the other side. My question to you, Damo, is do you think it's right that the AFL have ticked this one off when they've rejected other ones? Webster, Dunstan last year, uh, they had Matthew Loby a few years ago, previously said no, that they've ticked this one off and the Gold Coast have used a compensation pick that was given to them by the AFL to do it. Is there any sort of uh, issues there for you, Damo? The AFL said no last year to all of that because it wasn't a good look. But they've also got these rules in place that you have to make a certain amount of changes to your list every single year. And I think with the way that Gold Coast had their hands tied, the AFL was sort of had their own hands tied and had to say yes and accept this deal to allow the Gold Coast Suns to you know, participate and do and, you know, abide by these rules. Yeah, I think it's, I think you're right. I think, I think it's funny because if this was any other team, I imagine this isn't allowed, but because it's the Gold Coast Suns, it's been allowed. And I'm, I'm hoping that it, it starts the trend moving forward. By the way, for those who don't know, the list rules are, and you have to take three picks across the national draft and the preseason draft. Those picks this year can include rookie upgrades so you can upgrade a rookie to your senior list using that spot. So that's the rule in terms of list changes um, that everyone is abiding by. Damo, have we covered that one enough? I think we've covered that one enough. Now let's talk about the probably possibly the biggest trade that dropped today. Adam Cherry is a blue. The Dockers have pick six. And Carlton have only had to add a future third round selection on top to satisfy the Dockers. And I said I said late last night, early this morning, I would have been happy with just pick six. Yeah. I mean, let's t- well, I'll, I'll set aside my own concept of what the AFL movement should look like, and we'll talk about this conversation within the realms of the existing construct in player movement. I personally would have liked it to have just been pick six, but I was fully expecting Carlton to throw in a future second as well. I, come, when they that report came across that it was a future third, I actually thought it might have been a mistake in the reporting early. And I'm very surprised and I, I am happy. I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Adam Cherry comes to the club. I think I'm, I'm glad Frio do get a recent a decent asset in return in pick six and the future third's a nice little cherry on top. It essentially, if you're talking about points, which once again, I don't like to do, it's about pick four. It's a little less than what a Lockie Neal deal got, a little more than a Jeremy Cameron deal. It, it's it's interesting. Damo, you're going to have to talk to the people about Adam Cherry because no one knows him better than you. He's a smooth-moving midfielder. He will kick your goals. He's probably more outside than inside, but is very good at the stoppages. And there's a bit of Scott Pendlebury about him. Jeez, that's... Wetting my whistle. How how are you feeling on a personal level about about losing Adam Chera? First and foremost, I'm not surprised he requested a trade. I in his draft year he did say that his lifelong dream was to represent a Victorian club in the AFL. And so I'm not surprised at his trade request. I loved him at Freo, and I had a little bit to do with him and Andrew Brayshaw briefly, um, but 
I could I could see his trade request coming years and years out. And I think it came down to he might have stayed at the Dockers if COVID hadn't made the border situation so difficult for him to see his family. And he's he's a good Italian boy, I believe. So of course, family's important and big. And you know, he's probably got. I, I might be generalising, but I'm allowed to do this as a Carlton supporter and as a uh, wog myself. You got a lot of family down here, I'm sure, and, and probably wants to see them. Um, I think you're right. This is one that was rumoured all year. I sort of never really bought into the fact that it was going to be Carlton, even though because we're linked to every player, particularly if they're Italian, uh, in the AFL, Canelio Shield, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I'm glad. I'm look. I'm I'm glad it's happened. I have spent all year saying I wouldn't pay for him because I don't believe in the system that there is. But as objectively as a player, I'm obviously very happy to get him into the club. Sounds like he's actually not taking the full pay packet that we thought he was as well. Reported that it's you know about 600k, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. Who knows? I'm reasonably happy with that. It says to me that he's coming for good reasons unlike some previous players who we have attracted for different reasons, those reasons being dollar signs. Yeah, it sounds like his move was definitely family-related and not money-related because the Dockers were offering him more money over less years, but it probably it's probably about the same amount of money over longer years that the Dockers were offering. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, let's talk about him in a super coach sense. I had him in my team this year, picked him up, I want to say after the bye, maybe the game before the bye. Uh, had an interesting year because he had games where he scored 50, he had games where he scored 120 odds, scored 147 in round 20, averaged 90.1 this year, averaged 90.2 last year. He's 22 years old, played 76 games. Trending numbers look like he's trending towards someone who could push an average of 100. Do you think, Damo, is that fair to say? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged about 105 next season. Yeah, so he'll be priced. He'll, well, he should be priced at 90. I don't know what the maths works on that. I don't know if 105 is enough to consider him as a start. And there's, he's obviously going to be a key cog in the, the Carlton midfield, but there's still question marks over that midfield. Yeah, and who knows what the mix is there, especially with Matthew Kennedy and Will Setterfield and Sam Walsh and Patrick Cripps and who knows where Zach Williams is going to line up. <laughs> Yeah, well, they'll, he'll line up in the midfield and then very quickly get moved into the back line. George Hewitt as well comes in. I, like, I wouldn't be confident picking just about any of these guys, but he should improve his average and he should be able to work pretty well in tandem with Sam Walsh, I think. Is is he someone that you will be considering at all, Damo? Not someone that I'll be considering, no. I, I'm worried about... He- the way that he possibly could be diluted in the Carlton midfield as well. You, uh, in the last episode, you said that Sam Walsh was a virtual lock for you for next season. Does Chera's uh, addition and Hewitt's addition change that for you now? That's a good question. Hewitt, no, because Ed Kerno playing in the midfield has never really taken points away from the key midfielders and Hewitt statistically is the same player as Ed Kerno. So he doesn't worry me. Cher is an interesting one. I don't think he's going to take points away from a Sam Walsh. He might 
if Sam Welsh averaged, I don't know, have it off the top of my head, but if he averaged 115 this year and we thought there was a chance he was going to average 125, I think maybe that's limited. But I don't think he's going to drop in his average. And to be honest, Adinger is a much better player for those two to be feeding with each other than Sam Walsh has had in there previously. So there could be a mutual, uh, there could be a boost to Chera and a slight capping of Sam Walsh. It's, it's really hard to say at this stage though. I'm going to skip the next move to continue on with Carlton. Uh, they were involved in a three-way trade with West Coast and the Western Bulldogs. Sam Petrevsky-Seaton has had his wish granted and has gone to West Coast. Western Bulldogs have received West Coast's pick 52 and Carlton has received Lewis Young, who they see as a key defender. Yeah, I'm going to need a minute. Sam Petrovsky's eaten. I don't think think you're going to find many bigger fans of that player around. I love Sam Petrovsky's eaten. He wore sleeves. He was slick. He hit targets. Yes, there were some questions over his apt application to the game and there was also questions over the way he's been treated the last couple of years and played. Obviously, it's it's ended up in him wanting to leave. If you'd said to me we were going to get pick 52 for him, which I was kind of prepared for mentally I would before the trade season, I would have been angry. If you said we'd get Lewis Young for him, I would say, oh, okay, I, I'm still a little disappointed, but I get it. From Lewis Young perspective, yes, I we probably see him as the as the next, you know, full back or centre half back, whichever one, the next main big guy in our defence. We got Liam Jones from the Dogs, if many quite a while ago now, and he's thirty one or thirty two now. So Lewis Young will bu- will build to be that hopefully. He also wears sleeves, which is huge. Hashtag sleeve wash went off with this trade, but damn, I'm very hurt about Sam Petrescu's seat. Is there? Any sort of, I mean, can you just nurse me through this? Just be glad you got Michael Voss as a coach and not David Teague anymore, who seemed to like him off the half-back flank, even though he was more of a small forward. Yeah, mid-forward. They played him in the reserves, they played him in the midfield, and then they'd bring him up and play him in defence. Just, I love, love, love that. Lewis Young, don't think there's any super coach relevance here. Average 61 this year across nine games, 23 years old, you know, 280K. No one's ever gonna, no one's gonna be looking at him as an option, I don't think, in super coach draft or normal. Sam Jersey Seaton, what does he do at West Coast? Adam Simpson loves his small forwards, his nippy little goal kickers. And they obviously don't have Jared Cameron there anymore. And who knows what sort of state Willie Rioli is going to be in for the start of the season. So I see him playing that mid to full, that mid forward role. I don't see him being super coach relevant though, because we saw them attempt to turn Zach Langdon into that and it really did not work out. Yeah. It's uh, he obviously he plays his best footy in that role, that mid forward role. And we've seen him sort of, um, He's produced some sort of scores previously, averaged 82 in 2019 playing that role. And that's that's a decent return. He's going to be a defender. He's going to be priced at like 350K, but I, I don't think anyone's taking that risk. I think draft sleeper, I think you will you could do worse than have him 
at the end of your list, but in in classic Supercoach, I, I don't. I this is one of those ones where just because he moved clubs doesn't mean he's going to be a great scorer for you. Is there a chance that Lewis Young has dual position eligibility as a defender ruckman? That is a good question. I believe he's listed as a key defender by champion data. I'm just pulling up his stats now for the season. Hitouts, he averaged eight hitouts per game. Uh, he averaged and I suppose ruck contests. I don't know if that's enough, Demo. And I suppose he also becomes a break glass in case of emergency option if Mark Pitney and Tom DeConning become unfit. At this stage, yeah, they don't have they've got the volleyballer Murkov on the list, but at this stage, yeah, it'd be him or Jay Sauce pinch hitting in the ruck. I actually don't want either of them to do it. I'd love the Blues to go for someone like a Jonathan Segler just to have him on your list. He's thirty-one years old or whatever, but I don't think that's going to happen. So yes, uh, he is a break case in, in break glass in case of emergency because he's tall and. The Bulldogs have signed Tim O'Brien as an unrestricted free agent, again, with the uh, with the idea that he will be a key defender for them. So that sort of sorts their key defense stocks out, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's, a, it's an interesting call. I mean, I've had a lot of Hawthorne people say, like saying they didn't really rate him, but now that he's left, they want compensation for him. They didn't get any compo. We can touch on that demo. Uh, average 66 in 2021 as as a de- defender in Supercoach. Is there ever a, a, a ch- like tall defenders aren't relevant, are they, Demo? They're never going to be. Depends on the tall defender, to be honest. I mean, there are defenders who are tall and score well, but there aren't any key defenders that score well. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good f- call. He's actually classed as a key forward by Champion Data, so he might be a guy that gets dual position swing set. I actually rate Tim O'Brien more as a key forward. And I wonder if with Josh Bruce out with an ACL for most of next season, if they start Tim Bryan as a key defender and then if their forward line isn't working, they move him forward as a sort of like a break glass in case of emergency, a bit of addition to the Bevo salad. Oh, the Brian Lake. Add a little Brian Lake seasoning to the Bevo salad. Remember when he used to throw him forward in finals and he'd, he'd kick a few? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I actually don't remember, so I'll just let, I'll just let you tell me that story off air. Um, <laughs> Western Bulldogs, uh, sorry, Hawthorne did not get any compensation for Tim O'Brien. And neither did St. Kilda for Luke Dunstan. Good. <laughs> I mean, apart from the fact that that's how it should be. Uh, so my understanding is, because I thought both of these players were classed as restricted free agents, but they ended up being moved as unrestricted free agents. Now, I don't know if I was just wrong on their classing or if something changed when they were announced that they were going to be delisted or whatever. Uh, Luke Dunstan, if you, tell you what, Damon, you're not getting compensation if you delist a guy and then he moves as a free agent. It's just not going to happen. You, they, we don't want you. You're delisted. And, I mean, these are short deals, aren't they? Don't these guys have short deals they've signed? 
I think Tim O'Brien's on a two-year deal and the same as Luke Dunstan as well. Yeah, you're just not going to get compensation for that. And you shouldn't. Compensation, if at all, should only really apply when it when it is truly impacting and a, a really good player's moving. And in this case, these guys aren't don't fit that bill. You can't say you don't want a player and then expect something in return. We've talked about it, Damo. We've talked about this every podcast. You love your NBA and there's lots of player movement in the NBA. Do you think there will ever become a, a point where fans follow players more than they follow teams? That is a good question. I Look, I, maybe the young kids already do, Damo, but I, I imagine it's a lot easier to get invested in a, a player in the NBA because there's only 10 guys on court at any time, five for one team. In the AFL... It's really hard to just watch your one player, you know, of thirty six on the field. So, I, look, I, I don't think it's ever going to be as prevalent. But there might be people out there that are huge Baz Lenka fans and just follow him if he moves somewhere else. I, I don't know. Seems foreign to me, but th- that is how the young kids on the TikToks seem to uh, follow sport. What do I you think? I, th- I I think there will be people that follow a team loosely. And then we'll follow players more as uh, as a more dedicated fan base. Well, I'll I'll say this: I've since maturing and and doing all the the coverage we do and stuff. I haven't had many players from the Blues asked to leave. SPS is probably the first one, at least since the the proper rebuild started. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to watch him. I'm going to watch his highlights. I'm going to watch any games I can. I, I want to watch him and track him and see how he progresses. But, you know, that's going to be 1% of my energy. Another 99% is going to be watching the Blues lose. <laughs> so the Dockers were busy today. It sounds like they're going to be busy again. One with the Jordan Clark deal, which the Dockers have pretty much said it's pick 22 or nothing. And I think perfect and even if they don't do the trade for pick 22 then I don't think Geelong will be upset or the Dockers given how the draft is panning out and then they've also got Rory Lobb potentially returning to GWS as well Peter Bell is pretty adamant that they don't want to trade him so it's GWS that will have to offer accordingly that's great love it Belly I absolutely love it uh, why is his name out there in trade rumours if they want to keep him so badly? I think he's got a quite a large salary over two years left, Damo. Or maybe three years, two years, three years? Two years left on his uh, salary at 700k a year. There is the rumour that goes along with this trade rumour. I don't think I know if it's a trade rumour anymore because a lot of it's been confirmed. But that he's willing to renegotiate his contract at a new club. Yeah, right. So flatten it out, sign an extra two years, bring it right down Yeah, of the yearly salary, which, by the way, I don't think you should be allowed to do. But anyway, that's okay. That's a podcast for another time. It's it's interesting, Demo. I, I talked to you about this the other day, and I talked myself around to it. Pommy and Oz, who's a Carlton YouTuber, also flagged this. I would have loved to see... Um, a McGovern for lob trade. I don't know if you would have, but I would have. I think it would have made sense. A forward target for you guys and a ruck depth for, or a ruck backup for us. And he's only on one year. 
I was a big Mitch McGovern fan before he moved to Carlton. <laughs> that happens to but, a lot of players. But I haven't seen I haven't seen him become that player that we all saw glimpses of at Adelaide at Carlton. And he's sort of lost his body shape a little bit. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm not saying that he's overweight, but he doesn't look trim. Mate, they call him brackets at the club because the uh, the leaven on his back bends because that's what his body shape is. Like, mate, <laughs> the, if there's ever a chance for him to succeed, I'm one of his biggest defenders. I am. I've, I've done all the maths on why he's been a good contributor to the club. It's very hard to do. It's very hard to defend him. If there's ever a season where he's going to, show something it has to be this year assuming charlie and harry are fit and we've got an actual functioning game plan but gee whiz i'd rather at this stage someone who can pinch it in the ruck and lob fits that but anyway it doesn't look like it's gonna be what would you want in return for lob i honestly don't know i feel like if he leaves the dockers need to go and find a ruck forward and there's not a lot out there for them to choose from unless they want to give up one of their top picks. So I actually feel like if Rui Lobb goes, and I'm, it's it's an if because it hasn't happened yet, but I do think it will happen, I wouldn't be surprised if Mason Cox ends up at the Dockers. Another giant to go to to live in the, the shadows and, of Aaron Zanderlands. And the connection is there. Matthew Boyd was at Collingwood. Justin Longmuir was at Collingwood. It feels like it just like, feels like it's painted that Mason Cox will get delisted or something from Collingwood, and the Dockers will pick him up and say, "You'll do for two years while we develop whoever it is the week that they get in the draft, whether that's Eric Banning or Jack Williams or Jai Armis. Who knows? Well, who who would you rather? Would you rather Mason Cox or? Levi Casbol. One's a football player and one's tall. Uh. And uh, when I say football player, I mean. <laughs> to be honest, and this might be controversial, and people can come and scream at me if they want to. I'd prefer they didn't, though. Um, I think I'd prefer Mason Cox. I'm just looking through his numbers this season, and he didn't have many ruck attendances, but he did win 55% of his hitouts. So when he's in the ruck, he does actually seem to do a decent job of it. I, if I had to choose from the two, I don't know how old Mason Cox is. He's but just I, turned 30. Yeah, so he's a couple of years or a year. In, a he only started playing football at 27 or something. I mean, 20, I, 26 or, or 27. I guess I probably would rather him than Levi. Just I've, I mean, just having watched Levi play all year, he can barely move. So, and if the Dockers get to the rookie draft, Levi Casbolt hasn't been picked up by a club, and the Dockers have one pick left, one list spot available, and they haven't got, and they've picked up Mason Cox and feel they need someone else. I wouldn't begrudge them if they selected Levi Casbolt as a rookie. I, look, I I think it's almost written in the stars that you're going to get one of these guys. Let's take a look at their season 
averages, uh, both below average for goals, uh, both average below average for inside 50s, goal assists. Mason Cox, above average for score involvement. So if you're looking for a, a forward ruck, he's, he appears to be slightly more adept than Levi. I'm going to be completely honest. If Mason Cox literally doesn't leave the goal square and it's, he's literally just a tall person that we can kick to, that's all he needs to do until someone develops into a ruck forward that the Dockers can play on a regular basis. And maybe Mason Cox surprises a few people. Maybe Levi Caswell surprises a few people. I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. Let's not talk about this anymore. It's going to make me have heart palpitations. You're talking yourself into Levi Caswell more than Patch does. Hey, if Lob does leave, it's been reported that you guys will have over two mil in salary cap room. What do you do with that next year? Because you can operate as a below-the-cap team, uh, for a certain amount of time where you're only paying 95% of the salary, blah, 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 blah. What would you do next year? Who would be the big fish? Is there anyone out there that you can think of that you'd love to target? Well, at the moment, the Dockers only have their first round pick for next year. So that let's say that that's pick 11. Who's worth a pick 11 and out of contract next year or in a gettable situation next next year? Do they go for someone like... Jack McRae, or do they go for someone Ooh. like a Josh Dunkley, or, or do they go for? Some, I don't know why I'm look. I'm just looking at. I don't know why I'm just looking at Melbourne and Western Bulldogs players, um, but that's all that came up when I went to Footy Wire. Um, well, let's hear. I'll, I'll go through some names for you. This is according to Footy Wire contract, which is not actually terribly accurate, but they do their dand their darndest. I'll look at free agents for you. So he's got Daniel McStay, Daniel the Goat Rich, who I believe is a WA boy. So lock that one in. Darcy Gardner, Dane Zorko, Mitch Robinson, Ryan Lester. Stop me if you hear any names that interest you. Ed Kerno. Read Liam, out some key forwards. Uh, uh, Liam Jones, <laughs> Braden Maynard, key forwards, key forwards. Uh, Jordan DeGoey will be a free agent. Steel side bottom. Uh, Heppel Laverde will be a free agent. He's more a key defender now, though. Kyle Langford will be a free agent. No, thank you. Uh, Joel Selwood, Tom Hawkins will be 70 years old, but he'll be a free agent. Oh, Took Miller. Oh, actually, he's re-signed. He's re-signed. He's extended. Uh, uh, Ben McAvoy, Jack Gunston, James Sicily, Segler, Shields, Angus Brayshaw, Jaden Hunt, Tom, Tom McDonald. Tom McDonald. He's going to be the, like the same age as Tom Hawkins. Carl uh, Amon, Travis Boke. Hmm, there's not a lot of names on here. Jaden Short. It doesn't have to be a free agent, though. Oh, it's too hard. I, hang on, I'll, I'll try and find you a forward. This is very Mason Wood. Mason Wood will be out of contract. I would rather the Dockers played with an with a spare list spot. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I talk forwards. I don't. I don't know who's around because they don't grow on trees. There's there's a few actually. There's a few names. They're not key forwards, but the Bulldogs do have a few names out of contract. Bailey Dale, free agent. Bailey Smith, Caleb Daniel, uh, Jack McRae, Joe Hannison, Dunkley, Shaggy. 
if you can imagine if Shaki turns around, has another good year next year, and then says, "I want to go to Perth," would you have a look at him? I'd take him, but I wouldn't give up a pick eleven for him. What about Tim English? That's a different conversation, isn't it? Because is he a ruckman or is he a forward? And if you ask Luke Beveridge, he'd probably tell you that he's nothing. And if you ask Western Bulldogs supporters, they probably say he's a wingman. So who knows? Yeah. Um, it's going to be an interesting 12 months. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if all of the extra money actually goes into, you know, solidifying some contracts within the playing group because there are lots of dockers at the moment that only have 12 month contracts. Yeah, right. So according to footy wire, once again, not a most accurate source. These players are out of contract next year. Alex Pierce, Bailey Banfield, Blake Akers, Brandon Walker, Brennan Cox, Connor Blakey, Blakely, the perennial breakout contender. David Mundy, Griffin Logue, James Ace, Joel Weston, Luke Valente, who does not exist, Michael Walters, Nathan O'Driscoll, Nathan Wilson, Rory Lobb, <laughs> Sam Sturt, Travis Collier, Will Brody. So this we know this. <laughs> Will Brody. There's at least 10 or 11 names there that you've read out that, I, that the Dockers probably need to lock in with Pierce, Cox, and Logue as the main ones because if they let any of those guys go, then they don't have any key defenders and they don't have any key defenders usually because they're usually all injured. So <laughs> they need to make sure that these players are, remain on their list. Yeah. It's an interesting one. It's a really, really interesting one. And, and you know, some of that salary might go to Jordan Clark. There might be some other players that come out of the woodwork. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting, it's going to be interesting to see how they work it, but Peter Bell and David Walls, they know what they're doing. I guess. Yeah, Walls has done a particularly good job today. Hasn't he been doing all the negotiating? Is it normally Peter Bell? Well, David Walls is based in Victoria and uh, Peter Bell is based in WA. Obviously, with the borders difficulty and having to quarantine and all that sort of shit, um, (laughs) David Walls has had to be the man fronting up at, 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 Marvel Stadium, where everyone else is, to do all the negotiating. And I assume there's phone calls going out, you know, just, you know, double-checking with Peter Bell. But David Walls is not a dumb guy. Well, no, I mean, doesn't seem to be. And it seems like, uh, sorry to just keep rambling about this, but it seems like he, with the chair deal, it really feels like both parties kind of, didn't go too hard, if that makes sense. Well, if you believe what they were reporting before the trade period even began, the deal was basically agreed to. It was just the Dockers wanted to see what Carlton got in their other deals. Yeah. Which, So I think it came down to, oh, well, you didn't really get anything else that we want, so let's just do the deal as we originally agreed. I like that. More of that, please, AFL. I think that wraps it up for this episode, Lekdog. Thanks for letting me host. No, of course. You're a beautiful human with a a beautiful soul. And it's good to have you um, get to talk to you every single day at the moment, which is fantastic. It's good to talk to you. Uh, You're very passionate about the way that this trade period works and this off-season all works. And 
and it's and it's good to pick your brain about it all because you have some very interesting ideas that probably aren't all that interesting to people who follow the American sports, but because it's a fairly new venture for the AFL and AFL fans, it does become quite an interesting, you know, topic to talk about. Yeah, no, look, it's one of my favourite things. I'm trying to become a, in quotation marks, AFL player movement expert. I've I've legitimately have spent, you know, tens of hours reading through the official rules. I don't understand a lot of it. A lot of it seems to contradict each other, but I'm sure smarter people than me have looked at it. So I'm just trying to get get a hold of it all because it's going to keep growing. It'll be good demo at some stage. I think we're in the 10th year of free agency this year or maybe maybe that's next year, but we'll do a, a look back, I think, at all the different free agents and whatnot that have moved because there's some really interesting stats in there and um, we can cover that in another podcast, I'm sure. Absolutely. We've been brought to you by Bald Butter. Have you suffered from hair loss? Have I got the product for you, Bald Butter? This new hair butter, used just like shampoo, can help you lose your hair much faster so you can avoid having those embarrassing balding spots. Bald butter. It works, baby. This has been Tradio. We'll talk to you in the next episode.